Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast, episode number 52. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited to have Donovan Pierman join me today because he is a field sales rep who has just absolutely, absolutely crushed it over the years. And you know, he has such an interesting progression in his career. And what I know about it, let him explain this better than I will, but he started off as an SC covering the Sub-Sahara um, African market. And then when I first met him, he was actually in LA uh, working at a uh, business partner and running a specific vendor practice. I believe it was a Citrix practice at the time. So he was more of a technical resource leveraging his prior experience as an SE down in South Africa. And then he made the move into a sales role where he just started rolling off consecutive years of overachieving his goal. What really impressed me and has always impressed me about Donovan was how quickly going into that sales role he established access and credibility at the executive level within his accounts. Because if, as you all know, I mean, the higher we can get, the faster business can get done and better we can do as sales reps, really identifying the pain and the issues that's ultimately driving the need for whatever technology it is that, that we're representing. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Hey, Donovan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Chris. That was a really great opening. I love that. Absolutely correct. You got my history down to a T. Feel like sometimes you say it better than what I do, but uh, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, did my research. Had to go back to the memory banks a yeah. little bit. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, um, did I miss anything in your roles or history, or is that captured it well? No, I think you got it straight on. That was perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Now I understand, though. I left out one big thing. You're not a sales rep anymore. That's true. Look, so you say that, right? I feel like I've actually always been a sales rep. And I feel like everybody actually is a sales rep, whether you're in a, just a casual conversation with someone talking about your favorite sports team, trying to convince them about something. So I feel like I've always actually been a salesperson. So even though I'm not classified by title as a salesperson, I'm still a salesperson. I don't think I'll ever not be a salesperson. Yeah, totally agree with that. I often talk to people that are not in a sales role. And I'm always plugging my podcast. I was like, look, I know you're not a salesperson, but you should come check it out. Because even if you're a product manager, you have an idea that you need to get sold either internally or externally. 100%. Yeah. Well, so Donovan, you made the move to management recently. How did that play out? Very interesting, actually, because I never thought that I would do the leap, actually, because I love being an individual contributor. There's just something so exciting and exhilarating about you know controlling a deal an opportunity to bring it in and then closing it, right? And hit that you get from winning. And so, you know, moving into a management role uh, was a little bit scary for me, to be very honest with you, because I felt like, you know, now I'm going to just let go of all of that. And now I don't have control of it all of a sudden. And like, so I had to mentally like kind of deal with that. But otherwise, you know, moving into the sales position has been actually really exciting. I feel like, you know, now I can take what I've learned 
and the do's and don'ts and the gotchas, you know, the things you should say, the things you really should steer away from saying and kind of, you know, apply some of that experience to my team. And hopefully they can gain, you know, some knowledge and, and turn that into their own success. Yeah, it is. You know, when you have the opportunity to move from a, a top performing field rep into the leadership role within the same company, it is a fun mm-hmm. time because you have so much experience at that company that you can lean on, you know, and bring back to your team, you know, based on everything that you've done. Certainly. So I'm curious, out of all the different roles in SE, running a, a practice at a business partner, sales, now sales manager. What's been the most hardest or most difficult role for you? That is a really tough question, Chris, because I don't think any of them have been easy, you know, and, and I certainly, I couldn't say one was easier or harder than the other, purely because I felt like almost all of them were always hard for me, right? I was putting myself out there. I was taking a leap at every time I was changing, you know, going from an AC, I was leaping into sales, Right. Uh, going from sales into sales management, like these all leaps. And, you know, so I would certainly say is I keep challenging myself, right? And putting myself out there on the edge because I feel like that's where I perform the best, right? So I would say they were all equally as difficult because there was a lot of change that was happening during all of those times, right? There was a lot of evolution that was going on as an individual, right? So I would say I would put them all on an even scale there. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you you just said something there about putting yourself on the edge because it's growth happens from being challenged, right? Getting to the next level often will come from pushing yourself into uncomfortable new situations that you know you have to rise to the occasion to go address. And you know, you can sit at home and be comfortable, but and nice and warm and cozy, but nothing grows there. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Nothing ever came to me sitting on my couch, that's for sure. So, you know, Chris, you mentioned that. And one thing I wanted to mention is, is, as you're speaking there, like I thought of the word fear, right? Fear can be the greatest inhibitor, but also at the same time, the greatest enabler, right? Sometimes I do these things and they scare the heck out of me, right? But I got to believe that I got to do it, right? And I have the desire and the need. And then, you know, and I just go for it, right? Um, and I'll make it work. I feel like that's been kind of my philosophy is, you know, just keep looking forward just you know, learn from your past mistakes and just keep pushing, keep pushing, just never stop, right? So I don't let fear, and a lot of what I've seen historically is, is people let fear control them and inhibit them and limit their ability, right? So if you can actually clear that away, uh, I feel like it's just you know like a rocket ship because you could be on the back of fear rather than have it on your back, right? Yeah. So just a kind of a little mental game there, but I just dropped that little tidbit in. No, it's such a great, great point because, you know, fear, you're kind of living on the precipice of going either way. And, you know, to your point, I think a lot of people will have that fear and then they'll start making up all the things that could go wrong and then they don't take action. And, you know, as you can imagine what happens, but I love what, you know, the way you put that is, yeah, you, you have fear, but you're t- using that fear to drive to, okay, how do I go tackle it? How do I go challenge it? In fact, I'm just reading this book called the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. And he talks a lot about that. You know, when you have a challenge or you have a big obstacle that's in front of you, how can you turn that around from being fearful? How can you turn that around from being um, pessimistic about how things aren't going to work out and look at that as an opportunity? Because, you know, it's all about perspective and how you uh, just adjust your thinking. Completely. I mean, that's that's sales in a nutshell, right? Yeah, so true. Uh, you can wake up in the morning and be afraid that you're not going to hit your number, you're not going to be able to get that deal in. And let me tell you, you're going to have a bad day, 
right? So probably a bad month and a bad year. So it, it's about the attitude. And I think that's synonymous, really. I think that's across anything, right? Any you know, professional sportsman, any professional that's in the industry, uh, not just related to sales. I think that's even you know, like a life thing, right? You've got to wake up with the right attitude and you've got to want to win and you've got to believe you're going to win, right? So yes, absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to start the day right. And let me tell you, I have a little thing that I do, right? When I wake up in the morning, you know, I've got to get my coffee, right? I've got to go sit on the, the porch and I've got to just stare out there. I don't know. That's just my thing, right? And then it just comes to me. And then, yes, I'm ready for it, you know, and, and I start my day. So it's really a mental game for sure, yeah. Yeah, so that's your version of meditating. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. That's right, yeah. Well, so I, I'm curious, so Donovan, uh, I've met a lot of people that have tried to make that jump from SC to sales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a decent number of them that really struggle because it is such a different role. I'm curious, you know, what was that experience like for you? Um, what were some of the lessons you learned along the way uh, that you might want to pass along? So, you know, Chris, I will go back to my first comment, right? I feel like I've always been selling and it wasn't really very easy for me to just transition. But I just woke up the one day kind of, you know, I want to just do that, right? And I just had this feeling, right? So I didn't want to sit back and support a sales cycle anymore. I wanted to own it, right? And it took me a few, right? It took me, I would say it took me almost a full quarter to kind of come to terms with like, what am I trying to, what am I saying to myself? Like, I love this. I've been doing SC stuff for like ever, right? And now all of a sudden I want to go sell. There was an urgency, right? In in myself. Like I felt like I was challenging myself and, you know, that that control, I loved it. I wanted it. And I got to see that, hey, you know, look at what they're doing. Uh, maybe I could do that, but not only just do it, but I could do it better, right? And then I just made the shift. And then from there on, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you know, you saw what you wanted and you took action. And I think for, you know, anything that, you know, from a sales perspective, you can look at your territory, look at your accounts, look at your current position mm-hmm. and be frustrated or there's something you want to do different and you can bitch and moan because it's not available. It's not easy. It's not hard. Um, you can sit and do nothing or you can just take action and just start working at it, knock it down. And you clearly have the take it action part figured out. You have to, you have to, Chris, I got to tell you, nothing comes from doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a straightforward thing. If, if you put in the energy and I really believe it, I got to say from my personal experience, right? When I started sales, I looked at it and I said, how do I want to start? right? Because everyone's got to start, right? But I think it's the how you start that's really critical. Actually, it's absolutely critical is how you start. Because, you know, if you start looking at everything right in front of you, and you can't look forward and beyond that, you'll tend to struggle, right? And I don't know if you've ever played chess before, but I want to say sales is kind of like a game of chess, right? The the purpose of all the pieces on the table is to get the king in checkmate right? Mm -hmm. That's the purpose. That's the purpose of the entire game. But if you focus just on moving your little pawns, you're going to forget about the big moves that happen at the back, right? And so I I took that approach. I said, well, look, if I'm going to start this, I got to really put my mind behind planning and thinking about it and really thinking about how do I want to go after it. And then from that day on, you know, I kind of kept that same principle, right? Quarter over quarter, month over month, year over year. Yeah. Well, and so I think that probably has a lot to do. We've talked offline about how there's been multiple years where after the first quarter, if you were not already at your in at or over your annual plan, you're pretty darn close to it. And I think everything you just explained has a lot to do. It wasn't that you did something magical in that quarter. It's you were working all year, the prior year, 
to set yourself up for a monster Q1. And then after that, it was all fun and gravy. So absolutely. So it all starts with the plan. You know, if you if you speak with your management team and you say, look, here's my plan. This is what I want to go for, right? Um, I didn't start just out the gate hitting, right? I, I started with um, a, a strategy and then that strategy got implemented and then I started hitting, right? And then once I got ahead, then I just changed the game. Then I just decided, well, how do I be successful next year, right? So it's kind of like going back to the chess table, right? I need to start looking at those pieces at the back because those are the big move pieces. Those are the pieces that will get the game won, right? And so, you know, I started selling. Once I was ahead, I just sold deals for the next year. And then I just carried on repeating the same thing. And, you know, everyone wants to get out the gate soon. And, you know, oh, well, Donovan, you're a, you're a unicorn, whatever, you, you know, not everyone's going to have that same success and whatever, you know, those are the naysayers, right? And those are the guys that are like, yeah, whatever, just another sales pitch, right? Or just another person thinking that uh, everyone could do that. Absolutely believe that everyone can do it. It's just about how you approach your business. And I truly believe if you have a, better, a good plan, a solid plan, and you work your plan, it will serve you and you will win for sure. It proved, I mean, Chris, you, you were right. Every year I was over planned by, by not just a little, but by a lot. Like, I mean, the, the one of my years, I was like over 210%. And the numbers, we're not talking about small numbers here. We're talking about big numbers that I was 210% over. And my average was hitting around 150, 170%. So getting to number for me was just never what I wanted. I always want to go and I want to blow out and you know, get the real money, right? Because that's where it sits. The money sits in the accelerators. Like if you were to any company and you want to start and you want to work for OTE, like then you're going to miss, right? It's kind of like saying, well, I'm going to, for the outfield, but you're going to get an in infield, right? You need to shoot for the bleachers. You need a point. You know, you need to be like, that's my shot. That's what I'm calling, right? That's how I've been doing my business. I love it. I love it. Clearly, you, uh, you know, you've got the thinking big part down and you may not necessarily initially know exactly how you're going to get there, but it starts with thinking big, then developing your plan. And then just focusing on the steps along the way to go to go execute it. So you definitely seem like you have a methodical approach about how you approach your business. Thank you. You got it. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I wanted to break in with a quick commercial. During the podcast, we sometimes talk about how to invest those hard-earned commission dollars so that you can build that freedom we are all working towards achieving. Now, I built that through 20 years of real estate investing. Now, recently, my team helped me put together a webinar on how top sales pros can create passive income and achieve financial freedom with hands-off real estate investing. Now, I'm still doing this. And as I continue to invest, I'm giving opportunity for others to learn and invest alongside of me. So if you want to learn more, go check out our webinar at hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. That is hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. We will also put the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. So Donovan, I'm curious. So you've been really successful with your executive engagement, touched on that during the opening, and you did it quickly when you jumped into the sales role, what are some of the strategies that you've learned uh, or that you've used to really build that initially to get that access and then maintain that credibility with all your executive relationships? 
So I appreciate you you giving me the kudos for it. But in fact, I learned this from someone else. And so, you know, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, always be open to learning. I think that starts there, right? You never be that guy that's like, oh, my company's got somebody in there again trying to tell me how to do things or whatever, right? When you shut down like that, you just, you're going to fail, right? You, you're going to be who you are in status quo. And then that's probably not the guys that need to listen to this podcast either, right? People that are really super interested are the people that are, are looking to learn, right? And so I took that philosophy to everything, right? So at Citrix, they brought in a guy called uh, Tony Paranello, and he taught us selling to Vito. And to be honest, it's almost as if it's, it, it wasn't rocket science either. It's kind of like you have this epiphany. You're like, oh, why didn't I think? I mean, gosh, I, I should have known that I need to sell at the top. I mean, and I'm talking to the guys at the bottom and thinking this million dollar deal is actually going to happen. You know, you know, I was kidding myself. And so you've, I, I had to have that mental change, right? And when I did, I realized that I got to act quickly. I got to act fast and I have to do it now, right? And I just, again, going back to that very action word action, I took action, not in, in a way that you might think that Donovan picked up the phone, hey, Mr. Executive, gosh, you should know my name. No, it wasn't the case. You know, I have a mirror in this room and I uh, pitched myself, right? And so, you know, I learned that pitch and, and I took some of those teachings that, you know, you've got to get up there to the executive. You've got to sound like the executive, right? You cannot talk feature function, right? Um, that's just, you're going to get shunted is the word. You're going to get moved to the guys. I'm like, right. And coming from an AC world, I was super you know, like comfortable in that space. Like, let's go, baby. I can have that conversation. And what I had to do is elevate my conversation. I had to elevate my thinking and I had to elevate the way that I've delivered a message. And so, you know, Donovan and I got along very friendly, very well in the mirror there as I was pitching and, and I'd wear the hat and I'd look at myself and I'd criticize myself, right? Because at the same time, none of my pitches were, were perfect in the beginning, but you find a pitch and, and you perfect the pitch and then you deliver the pitch, right? And that's all I did. That's all I did. What were some of the uh, specific points that you remember that Tony had shared with you during his uh, training sessions or uh, presentations? Selling DeVito is the only way you, because one of the things I remember the most is Vito can make money appear because a lot of sales reps are like, oh, it's the money. It's the number. I got to sell to the bottom, right? And, and selling to the bottom is no good for anybody, right? Because there's no value. You can't really help that customer afterwards if you sold to the bottom, right? And so what I've learned is, is that vetoes absolutely can make money appear, even if they're outside of their fiscal year. If you are solving an, a business problem, like truly solving, like there is an actual business issue, not, well, we have to move to cloud. That's our initiative. No, that's, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you, you, they're hemorrhaging cash or they're spending money in the wrong areas and you can solve that. That's a real tangible thing. They will make money appear and those deals won't just be the deals that you're used to, the, the onesie, twosie things or the, the tens, twenties, hundred thousand. They're going to be the multi-million dollar deals, right? And those are the deals that everybody likes working with. The, the executives like working with multi-million dollar deals too. And so that was one of the biggest teachings for me. That was kind of like the big change as well, which was, hey, if money can appear, then I'm not limited to when I can sell, right? And, and when these deals can close. I'm not worried about a fiscal year. I'm not worried about a fiscal quarter or anything. If the value's there, they will do the business, right? And so that was a big teaching. Yeah, absolutely. What about getting that first meeting? What are some of the things that you do, or maybe you do? You started doing different to get that first meeting 
to get that time with that executive? There's no silver bullet for that, Chris. Um, that's going to be my first answer, right? And then what uh, my, my next position is going to be, you've got to come across the right way. Executives read emails. They absolutely read emails. Everyone thinks your email is dead. Absolutely isn't. The email is alive. They read it. It's just you don't sound like the person that they're interested in responding to. Okay. And so getting that first meeting was more about me just trying to sound like them. Right. And so when I got my first meeting, I mean, it was scary. Like it's not, it's the first time I'm here now. Right. All of a sudden now I'm on the top floor of the building. Never walked into this room before. Right. So like, I'm used to walking in in the lobby and I can socialize with anyone. Let's go to the the, the cafeteria, <laughs> you know. So so showing up on the top floor requires a lot of preparation, right? And that veto picked up the phone call, right? Because I I clearly outlined the time and date when I was going to call him, and I all that preparation, right? All that mirror time, I was able to deliver a message concisely enough for them to say, "Sure, let's give you some time," and then from there on out, it was history, right? Well, I highly recommend the book. It's called Selling to Veto. I actually read it uh, early in my career um, when I was working at Lucent Technologies. And back then we would, uh, instead of emailing, um, we would uh, FedEx the letter to the executive. So they would actually have sitting something, something sitting on their desk that's like, well, who wouldn't open up a FedEx envelope? And by the way, I would do that right now. I mean, if you want to maybe do something different. And, uh, but it was a letter, not an email, because email was just, um, it was being used, but um, it was just something different. And Donovan had the opportunity to work one on one with the author of the book uh, through a contract that uh, the company had with Tony at the time. So, such a great opportunity, but I highly recommend the book. Check it out. Um, and then, you know, Donovan touched on something that I want to just go back to, right? You talked about solving big problems for the executive, right? You know, how do they make money, save money, gain a competitive advantage? address some type of risk exposure. And uh, so your episode 52, if you go back a few episodes, I had Candy Conway on. Uh, it was one of my C-suite episodes and she had been the chief of staff for the CEO at AT&T. And so she was privy to all kinds of uh, board level C-suite discussions. And you know, she talks about you know the vendors that that grabbed their attention were the vendors that were 100% focused on solving those business problems. And then they were totally open to the technology solutions and the different um, options that the vendor would bring. But the initial outreach, all the conversation, all the research was around those problems that they were having with a pretty decent depth of, of understanding on how it impacted their business. So Go check out that episode. I think it's the episode either 48 or 49. Look for Candy Conway. Well, Donovan, as we uh, get close to wrapping it up, you know, as you make all those uh, big commission checks, I'm curious, you know, what do you do with it? You know, spend it all, invest it, a little bit of both? Um, I'll tell you what I, uh, what I do with the money. Well, actually, I do a lot of saving, firstly. I've got goals, right? Absolutely do investing. So tinker around in the stock market, you know, put money there and hopefully, you know, that's going to, you know, pop. But for the larger bulk of money, I invested in real estate, actually. So I have a, um, a property where it's a um, vacation rental, right? So the money goes there. But there's also a part where, you know, I give some of the money away, right? Where I donate it to good causes. Uh, coming from South Africa myself, right? I met, I was fortunate enough to meet a family from Malawi 
and the guy was my gardener at the time. And, you know, he told me about his situation and, you know, his kids, you know, as infants, he had to leave them there and he had to come to South Africa to work and gave him a job and he sent most of his money home. Right. And uh, so I used that to some of my money to help him and his family and hopefully kind of reunite them because I'm a father of two. He's a father of two. And I hate to hear that, you know, he only sees his kids maybe once or twice a year. So, you know, I like to help them too. So, Oh, wow. That's so awesome. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're on the world. It's, it's good to have a purpose and a goal and work hard. But, uh, you know, if we're not giving back, if we're not leaving our mark on other people within the world, I mean, what's the point? So that's, that's great. Completely agree. When good people like that come in your life and they're just really struggling, I just, I got to help them, right? I mean, it's the good hearted man. And, you know, I listen, again, it was just, I, I saw his heart and, you know, you don't just want to give money to anyone, right? It's hard to sometimes, or well, most cases, it's hard to see where your dollars go, right? And you just donate it. And, and I feel like I've done that before and it's just too, it's too disconnected for me, Chris. I got a real direct line. I know where it's going and know what he's doing with it. And it's helping his kids, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And direct impact. Yeah, totally. Not saying charities aren't, you know, I'm just, I just, that's me. So, yeah. No, it makes sense. Are you doing an Airbnb with your rental? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Where, where, I, do you mind if I ask whereabouts? Sure. Uh, Big Bear. We got a place up there. Uh, yeah, I do ski. I'm a sportsman, right? So I like skiing and snowboarding and spearfishing and, and all these crazy things, right? So, I'm putting Big Bear in my list. So now I know another person with the place there. So <laughs> you should. Well, Donovan, if, um, by the way, I really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, I am curious, you know, are you any plans to go back to South Africa? Or are you uh, staying in LA? Actually, I do have plans. Friend of mine, a long time friend of mine is finally getting married. Wouldn't believe it. He's getting married, but he is. And uh, he invited me over to be his best man and plan to head out there in October and uh, a little bit of a bachelor party go to a wedding, you know, fly back. Oh, sounds like a great time. Well, Donovan, I, it's been really great catching up with you. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for your success and your recent promotion. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach out? Sure. I mean, I would say, you know, always re reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can search up Donovan Pearman on there. And if you want to connect and uh, send me a quick message, tell me, you know, how you heard about me on the High Tech Freedom podcast and you know, uh, I'll certainly make some time to uh, connect with you. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't limit yourself. I've seen it too many times where people or salespeople just think that what they're doing is much as they can do. And don't inhibit yourself, right? So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's scary. Yes, it is. I know I've been there and I'm always there actually. But definitely just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Take little steps if you're afraid to take too big a step, but take little steps. Do those things. Put yourself out there, and, and I promise you, it will absolutely yield results. Great advice. Thank you, Donovan. Thank you, Chris. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.